Your sensors are correct. Do not adjust your heading. Your heading. You've discovered the Omega Particle. Streaming to the Alpha Quadrant and beyond. 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 Here's your host. The anchorman of the Federation. The doctor of Dilithium. This is Jonathan Wiegand. Welcome to the Omega Particle. I am your gracious and humbled host, Jonathan Weekend. Never fear, your anchor man of the Federation is here, sitting behind the golden OPP microphone. We're back, baby, and welcome to this week's News and Brews. Um, wow, we have a lot of show um, to cover today. We're doing a little bit of different stuff, um, talking about Picard, as well as the newest Star Trek news in the world that's happening right now. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. So, yeah, before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much for the reception on The Dominion, the first episode. And also, thank you so much for everybody that um, contributed and, and listened in to the Ukrainian fundraiser we had a few weeks ago. We raised about $3,700. Um, it was me and about 12, 13 other podcasters. And we ran on for 24 hours straight. We ra- Yeah, we raised money for the, um, for the Red Cross for the Ukrainian effort. So, Definitely awesome to be a part of. Great. Met some great contacts, some great friends. Definitely appreciate being invited to that and participating in that. Um, but I will say it was very different. <laughs> um, I'm not used to being live for two hours. So that, and it was like between like 12 and like 2 a.m. And it was, it was definitely different. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I like my notes and I like being able to edit. And so not having really those two things was was a growing experience. We'll call it that, a growing experience. Either way, it was really awesome. And yeah, like I said, I definitely enjoyed it. So I'm, I'm trying right now to see if we can get the original audio. So upload what I talked about. I did a host of things for two hours. So so we're working that out uh, right now. It's it's something to deal with Lipson, who's our um, podcasting host. So uh, we're trying, we're trying. But um, boy, this is the week. For Star Trek, we have Strange New Worlds premiering on Thursday, May 5th. Uh, I thought it'd be funny if they were possibly doing maybe something on May um, 4th. <laughs> like a little shot across the bow to start to Star Wars. But no, they're not. They're going to pl- they're gonna play nice. It's going to premiere on Thursday, May 5th. And also on Thursday, May 5th, we get season finale of Picard. So that's exciting too because we finally will wrap that up. Um, and that's like I mentioned before. We're going to talk about Picard near the end of this episode so um definitely check that out it's gonna deal with a lot of spoilers and what i think is gonna happen in the last episode or maybe not what i think is what could happen be really neat kind of wrap it all up so if you haven't watched picard please do not listen to that because i'll pretty much ruin a lot another really quick note thank you luna just pointing that out the original star trek movie star trek the motion picture is on Paramount Plus. It's been upgraded to 4K. It's the director's cut. Go check that out. Some people really love it, like because it was made for kind of bigger screen, because it was made back in the 70s. So it's definitely the 4K has definitely helped um, the reception. <laughs> so please go check that out. And if you've never seen that before, just be prepared to have really long shots of starships, <laughs> especially that opening scene that's like 10 minutes long. Anyway, all right, Luna, let's wrap up and let's light this candle and let's get into the news of the week. 
Like I mentioned before, there's a lot of reviews already coming out for Strange New World. And if you don't know what that is, Strange New Worlds is going to be a show about Captain Pike and the Enterprise and pretty much their weekly adventures. So for the past, like, I guess like all the new Star Trek shows that we've had, excluding, of course, like the like Lower Decks, the cartoon, pretty much all the live action shows we've ever had um, have been this long seasonal, multi-seasonal arcs. And... I think that's great, but there's something special about Star Trek 2 when it's just that episodic, ev- wraps up every week and you can just move on. Now, you might have like a two-parter, like a two-episode-like thing, but nothing that takes 13, 14 episodes to, to kind of wrap up. So, I think I'm really excited for this. The reviews are coming in, and it seems like it might be the best new Trek out there that we have. I've heard Anson Mount is just amazing at it from the three or four reviews I've I've heard. And that um, if you want some homework this week, you can go watch Hell on Wheels, which is, I don't know where it's streaming at, maybe like Netflix. It's a show that Anson Mount really got his start in. And to me, that's where I like recognize him from. And they cast him as Pike. I was like, oh, that's the guy from like Hell on Wheels. And fun story is that Colin Meany, who plays Chief O'Brien, is actually like the one of the villains on Hell on Wheels. So like a little bit of foreshadowing in the Star Trek world that, hey, we're going to kind of be in the same universe minus a couple hundred years. So, but I'm just looking forward to, I mean, it's going back to the roots, you know, like the original series TNG, that's what made those shows great. People were worried when DS9 came out because, and I mean, everybody knows this, that because it was going to be just on a space station. There wasn't going to be weekly adventures. It was going to have to be more of a like season arc. And how is that going to play out for track? And it played out to be one of the best tracks. However, let's go back to the original recipe here. Let's get those 12 herbs and spices. Let's get back to the kitchen because I think Star Trek needs this kind of show. And not only does Star Trek need this type of show, I think the world this type of show right now and I'm not going to get too deep and too heavy but um, I mean if you think about it like when the original series premiered back in the 60s I mean we had Vietnam you had civil rights you had just a melting pot of just issues in the United States a lot of division a lot of anger a lot of just it just wasn't a very calming place and so you had this sci-fi show that comes out and it's like well in the future it's going to be all be unified and maybe that's good right now to have like an idealistic show about a unified future and that, you know what, better times are going to come out of it, you know, and especially with like we have right now, like record inflation, blah, blah, blah. Again, you didn't turn in for that. <laughs> you didn't tune in to hear about that type of stuff, but um, I'm not the only one that thinks this actually. The CEO of Roddenberry Entertainment actually came out and said that it's going to go back to the formatting of the original series, talking about Strange New Worlds. It's the kind of thing we need to get out there to give us hope. He adds, I understand that it's just a TV show, but it inspires countless people to live better lives. I don't know about living better lives, but maybe just give us hope for the future. Maybe that's that's all we need sometimes, you know, to be like, hey, we're going to get through this, just got to ride it out. I hope. <laughs> and uh, and Ben Robinson, the co-author 
of Star Trek A Celebration actually said the same thing. He was like, hopefully going back to the original quote unquote recipe will help us like preserve that hopefulness of TOS and, and maybe just encourage people a lot more and not be so heavy because <laughs> I was talking about this with a couple friends of mine. Like I feel like, especially with sci-fi and, and Marvel, everything is being so traumatic, so heavy. I mean, especially like we're going through moon night right now. It's like, good night. It is, <laughs> it is, um, it's a lot. Good night, moon night. Good night, moon. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm personally looking forward to it because I feel like it's going to be the original series kind of style with a 21st century budget and actually being able to explore and do those things. And I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for like a all Roman world or all Nazi world like they had in the original series. So maybe we'll and have to rescue somebody out of that. Maybe we'll get that. I don't know. But um, all in all, I'm super excited for Strange New Worlds. And um, hopefully it, it, it holds up. Hopefully the reviews aren't hyping it up. You know, they're just getting real excited. And people wrote nice reviews because they were invited to premiere or something like that. Hopefully it holds up because um, even for in the Star Trek world, we need kind of some... Ugh, because I'll be honest, getting into, as we'll get into Picard, it's been a good season. It's just, yeah, it's been a season. <laughs> so, um, not the best, but definitely not the worst out there either. Oh, also real quick, as we wrap up, Kirk has been cast for Strange New Worlds, but I've heard rumor that he might be in season two, maybe the very last episode of season one. So really don't know how that's going to turn out for, for the show, but Kirk will eventually make an appearance. So keep that in mind. Okay. The quick, quick shift, um, from TV shows and strange new worlds. Um, so LeVar Burton, actually the guy that plays Georgia, the forge, he actually got an award and it was actually really awesome for his work on reading rainbow. Um, which I was a nineties kid. I loved reading rainbow. I watched it all the time. Yeah. So it's crazy. He's actually getting a lifetime achievement award at the first ever children's and families Emmy award ceremony. So he actually ran Reading Rainbow for 21 seasons from 1983 to 2006. So that's really crazy because that's pretty much all my entire childhood. So it's a little quick tidbit of uh, Trekkies out there getting recognized. Um, my next, again, doing another hard left. This is the news. I don't know how I feel about this. And I don't know how some other Trekkies might feel about this. But apparently Paramount is going to they're not going to, they already are making these NFTs and non fungible tokens. And it's making a marketplace and a, and a metaverse of star Trek NFTs. Um, they've launched their own marketplace slash metaverse. And many people are just calling it a marketing stunt. They're really just saying they're just kind of cashing in. There's really no benefit of doing it. Um, now you may say, what's the big deal with NFTs and people buying them? Well, the problem is, is that, so the way they have it set up is that all of your stuff, I guess you would call your NFTs, will be held and stored in something called the Star Trek Continuum, like Q Continuum, cute, I know. And you'll have ships that you can buy, and then you can buy crew, and then you can, I guess, buy missions or go on missions with the things that you bought, and it'll be like a metaverse, and I guess you can share and trade and and do all that. But that I don't think anybody has a problem with that. It's just that the cost is kind of astronomical. 
Paramount is using a like a platform called Recur. And so if you type in Paramount.xyz, it'll take you to this like um, NFT platform. But they're costing $250 for a ship pack, quote unquote. And you it's only like 11% chance that you'll get a ship like the Enterprise. So you're paying 250 bucks for a ship that could be like a cargo ship or something like that. So, And then you'll have to put even more money into like, again, like I mentioned, like crews and missions. So it's like, okay, if this is how much the ships cost, you're putting out a pretty high premium price. Is that going to attract people? And so far the answer is no. Um, that's why I said I'm kind of unsure how to feel about this. Because the indication is that the fans have pretty much like, we're not doing this. Um, so back in April, they sold 15,000. They said, no, sold. They put up for sale 15,000 quote unquote ship packs. Only about like 4,000 sold, which is still a heck of a lot of money. But it wasn't overwhelming. It didn't sell out. And to me, it's, I have no problem with innovation and and growing a brand and, and bringing in new technologies. But the fact that you put such a high price point on it, people can't participate. So th- to me, I feel like participation, coming and going, buying and selling, trading, all of that on that continuum is what they want and what they need to be successful. But setting the high price point is just stupid. <laughs> I'll come, I, I just don't like it. And I didn't buy one for that because I was like, this is ridiculously high for something that's an nft and i was born in the 80s so i kind of get nfts kind of don't so i'm not going to spend that much money on something i really don't understand put in perspective it's like half the price of a ps5 so (laughs) no thank you but again just wanted to bring you guys the most up-to-date news and what's happening and shaking in the star trek world so if you're not paying attention pay attention to this we're talking about picard spoilers what's happening in Picard, what I think of Picard, and a possible fun ending, kind of like we did with season one. So we do know is that, like the last episode, episode nine, kind of really just put all the cards on the table for the series. Like, we only have one episode left, and I really feel that we're going to see a lot of um, characters not come back, particularly Girardi and the Borg Queen. They're going off and starting their own new collective and and they're doing their own thing now and have a better Borg. And then Rios, I think Rios will stay behind. Um, I think he'll stay behind with uh, the doctor and her son and just have a family and live in quiet and just live a good life. You know, he's been swashbuckling and doing all this other stuff around the universe all his life. So the prospect of settling down, I I think is alluring. And I think that's what they're going to do, especially it makes more sense when they, they, they're bringing all the TNG cast back. There's only so much room, you know, and only so much story you can tell with all of these characters. So it makes sense that some are going to go away. Um, and so that's the big one that obviously everyone's curious who's coming and going. But we do know for a definitive fact that Jerry Ryan and Seven of Nine is coming back. She was in season three. Um, she made a post, I think it was on Instagram, and even confirmed to the Hollywood Reporter that they've wrapped season three. We're going to see seven again. And the fans are going to be disappointed. And it's going to be awesome. It's going to be huge. Um, directly what Ryan said. Now, I remember back in a couple earlier episodes of Picard. When she got, I think she got like shot. I was like, I swear, if they kill her off, 
I think the fan base will riot because um, I know she's um, seven of nine is definitely beloved. So if they kill her off, I think people would be pissed, myself included. So getting to kind of my theory, because I remember the at the end of season when we talked about how it's not Dr. Soon, it's lore and, and all this kind of nonsense. And it was a secret thing to get at Picard and a huge TNG callback, but it doesn't seem like that was the case. So, um, but to keep with tradition, we're going to go back with uh, another wild theory that I don't personally believe is true, but it'd be really cool if it was. And that's if Wesley Crusher, quote unquote, the Time Lord, um, will save Picard. You might think I'm absolutely nuts, but just stick with me. So, I mean, it, it does sound odd. I will be 100%, but there is a little bit of evidence that points to the return of the I mean, he was the kid of the Enterprise D. And, I mean, Will Wheaton right now is hosting the after show called The Ready Room. And, I mean, could he come back? I mean, like I said before, they're bringing back the entire TNG cast. It's entirely possible that they will bring back Will Wheaton to save the day of this time-traveling paradox. I mean, they don't have a ship currently, so it might be happening. Um, I mean, might be happening, so let's dive in into this. So... Um, just for a backstory, the last time we saw Wesley Crusher, I mean, not counting the nemesis deleted scene at the wedding, um, he was leaving to become a quote unquote traveler in a sense. Um, the idea of him leaving Starfleet to explore his destiny to me was always kind of an odd one. I feel like they really didn't know what to do. So they were like, uh, he's going to be a time traveler and space and time and it'll be cool. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I just felt they left him alone and them go through Starfleet Academy and then graduate and do all that. And I think that would have been fine. I think everybody was expecting that. I know my first watch of TNG, that's what I was expecting. And, um, did not expect him to go with the dude with, uh, three fingers who's called the traveler. <laughs> so like I mentioned, the traveler is this being, he can explore different like planes of existence and, and, um, he's immensely powerful and he first appeared in the TNG season one, episode six, where no one has gone before. Like I said, he can alter space, time, he can alter warp fields, um, just with the power of his mind. Kind of reminds me of another, uh, species in Picard season two, but, uh, we'll not go into that. <laughs> Wesley Crusher eventually meets this traveler once again, but this time cadet Crusher, um, resigns from Starfleet. And joins the Traveler to, you know, get his true destiny. And people are upset and disappointed, but like Xander, like his mom and Picard understand, okay, you got to do your own thing, live your own path, don't follow in your dad's footsteps. Now, this is what might be most interesting to people is that it's according to some Star Trek canon and lore, the Q Continuum is completely aware of, quote unquote, the Traveler. And apparently the Q Continuum even respects the Traveler enough that he had a significant reputation among them and they just kind of leave him alone, let him do his own thing. And he even goes back to the female cue that we've seen in Voyager was impressed by Wesley being chosen by the traveler. So to be chosen and, and partake with the traveler, I guess is a huge honor and immense big deal. Now this is, we're getting into the weeds right now, but so Star Trek Picard season two, release their official soundtrack and it does contain tracks for the final episode that we haven't heard yet 
And since episode 10 airs this week, there is one track called, quote unquote, The Travelers. Now, this could be suggesting that Wesley Crusher and the Traveler himself might be coming to the rescue and, and bail up a card. And for all um, intents and purposes, that might be what it is. Or it could just be referring to the idea of time travelers in general, which is uh, the whole season of Picard. <laughs> so we don't really know. Um, like I mentioned before, the whole TNG cast is coming back and it's kind of gained a lot of momentum for season three. Everyone's super excited. Um, Will Wheaton even addressed some fans about him returning, about how it being one of his dreams, but, but I don't think it's what people wanted. So um, Will Wheaton wrote in this kind of a recent blog post that he addressed the idea of returning, but he did it with kind of like a twist. Wheaton definitely believes that and he's still a traveler and that he's still like going. So the fact that Wheaton actually agrees with that a couple weeks before the finale happens in his own personal blog, I don't think if he was actually that was going to be the end game, you know, season two, the big final card, I don't think they would allow him to be like, just go and spoil it. You know what I mean? Like they'd probably lock that up pretty tight. So with that, that's why I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Like, I mean, this entire season has been kind of off the walls, so it might be, I mean, there's been so many surprises and I feel like the showrunner, um, Terry Matalis, I mean, she's got a lot, like I said, a lot of things up her sleeve so far. So I know there's got a, a big reveal or something huge is coming in season 10. So we really don't know. And I mean, it premieres this Thursday, May 5th, the Paramount Plus, and on CTV, Sci-Fi Channel, and Crave in Canada. But for all you international people, it's going to premiere on May 6th, that Friday, via Amazon Prime Video. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Luna. Let's wrap this thing up. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for all your help and support with Ukraine and the fundraiser. I definitely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that. And like I said, we'll be releasing the Dominion War episode later this week. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe. We're on every single platform out there. Please hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all of it. So definitely would love to hear from you guys. And as always, second star of the right, straight on till morning. Mm-hmm.